All right, happy Friday, everybody. It's Friday, December 7th, 2018. And as always, if you're listening to this, that means you made it through another week and margaritas are in order. I know I say that every week and you guys are probably like, uh, really, every week? I'm not a big drinker, as you guys know. If you listen to this, I'm more of a smoker than a drinker, but I do enjoy a good margarita. And I know not everybody's a smoker. So yeah, it's Friday. Margaritas are in order. Get yourself down to your Mexican restaurant, order yourself up a plate of tacos, have some fat-ass margaritas. That's it. That's, you're an adult. You have a job. You have a bank account. Go have some margaritas. All right, who's got a birthday today? All right, happy birthday to Giovanni Bernini, Eli Wallach, Ted Knight, how about a fresca? Johnny Bench, the immortal Larry Bird, C. Thomas Howell, Wolverines, and Harry Chapin. In honor of Harry's birthday, today's song of the day is Cats in the Cradle. And just a real quick side note, while I say the immortal Larry Bird, uh, I I know there's probably a 0% chance that Larry Bird is listening to this, but uh, damn you, Larry Bird, for being so damn good, being from the state of Indiana, but then making me root for the Boston Celtics of all teams. Anyway, those are today's birthdays. There's today's song of the day. Uh, Let's quickly do the NFL for the week before we get into the stories of the week. All right, last week I was 7-9, and nine, feeble at best. So far on the year, I am 1-19-87-2. Uh, last week saw a completely different Saints team than we've seen all week. The Saints that lost to the Cowboys on Thursday night are simply not the same team. I'm going to chalk that up to an aberration. I know the Cowboys fans are going to come out of the woodwork and say, nah, it's that, the Cowboys are that good. No, that was an aberration. The Saints are one of the best teams in the league right now, period. Uh, my, my team, the Colts, absolutely blew it at the end. Wasted so much time at the end. They had an opportunity to win that game. And at the end, they got shut out. It's an over. Goose egg, babe. That is brutal. You never want to see your team get shut out. Um, the Bears coach, Matt Nagy, has got to be the absolute king of the trick plays. He is coming up with some schemes and some plays, the likes of which nobody's seen before. Now, we'll see if that plays out long-term. We had some coaches that were, you know, like that in the past. But right now, he is the king of of trickery. And his trickery gave the Bears a chance to win that game last week in overtime. But they did fall to the Giants in overtime, and they got the Rams coming up this week, and that is uh, brutal. Rams are probably the best team in the entire NFL. And you got to win the games against the Giants. So, we'll see how the Bears fare there. Uh, speaking of the Rams, they clinched their division. They're the first team to do so. Like I said, they're, they got to be the best team in the NFL. They have to be. I, I can't see another team in the NFL currently that's better than the Rams. Um, the Packers, who are usually pretty good, have had an extraordinarily rough year, and shockingly, they fire their head coach, Mike McCarthy, uh, after last last week's game. Now, listen, Mike McCarthy has been with you for 12 and a half years. He's taken you to the playoffs 10 times, and he's brought you a Super Bowl. You let him finish the year. Shame on you, Green Bay, for what you did. Shame on you. <clears throat> and uh, the Steelers, couldn't end, they could have ended the game after the uh, Chargers missed a game-winning field goal, but uh, the Steelers were offsides, three plays in a row. Just kept moving the Chargers kicker closer and closer and closer, and he made the kick. He won. He beat you because you were stupid and you kept jumping offsides. Stop doing that. Speaking of the Chargers, Rivers now ties Peyton Manning for the most comebacks after trailing by 16 or more points. He's now done that seven times. One more and he surpasses Manning. All right, I know we don't like the football too much. That's why I try to make it quick. This week's winners will be the Bills, Giants, Saints, Dolphins, Chiefs, Texans, Packers, Panthers, Broncos, Chargers, Lions, Steelers, Cowboys, Rams, and Seahawks. 
All right, uh, every week I give you guys some reminders. I'm going to quickly give you those reminders, and then I'm going to tell you about something new in the reminders. Uh, reminder number one, this is what I call a real podcast. It's not done in a studio. It's not edited or mixed. Uh, it's re- literally recorded with my phone anywhere I happen to be. So you are going to hear some background noises. You're going to hear my dogs bark. You're going to hear me cough. You're going to hear me light a cigarette. You may even hear somebody come knocking on the door. It's meant to be that way. It's meant to be the two of us sitting on a deck shooting the breeze. Uh, Something else about this podcast you need to understand if you're finding me for the first time. There is music in the podcast at various locations throughout the podcast. But if you're not listening on an Anchor platform, you don't get to hear that music. So listen on Anchor if you could, please. If you're on your computer, go to anchor.fm. If you're on your smartphone, just download the free Anchor app. Costs you nothing. You get my podcast along with dozens of other podcasts. And uh, the last reminder that I give you every week is uh, to go buy my book. My first book is out. It's entitled A Grateful Life, The Life Story of a Husband, Father, and Taco-Loving Deadhead. It's available at my website, TomPowellJr.com. But, and here's where the extra part comes in this week, I am currently running a free giveaway. I'm giving away five copies to my Instagram followers and five copies to my Facebook followers. If you go to Facebook... You look for my page, The Powell Entertainment Company. If you go to Instagram, look for Tom Powell Jr. Uh, You'll see the post there on what you need to do to the post in order to win. I'm giving away five copies to each social media site. And with each copy, I'm including uh, one of my bookmarks. The cover of my book is uh, is a concert ticket with the name of the book. And uh, you, you know, the, the time that the concert kicks off on the ticket is the time I was born. The price of admission is my birth weight. Uh, and so what I did was I made some concert ticket bookmarks, which you can also buy at my website, TomPowellJr.com. But if you win one of these copies, I'm going to go ahead and include one of those bookmarks with it. So go find me on uh, Facebook or Instagram. You can go to my website. There's links to all of that. And enter to win a free copy of your book. All right. Sorry. Free copy of my book. Your free copy of my book. Uh, today is uh, National Cotton Candy Day, so uh, celebrate accordingly. Get yourself some cotton candy. But also today is, uh, on a serious note, uh, Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day. Uh, we lost 2,335 people, and we had 1,143 wounded on that day. Uh, so uh, if you could take a moment and remember the attack at Pearl Harbor, as that is, uh, today is the anniversary of that. All right, so what has been happening this week? Well, real quickly, I just wanted to say that I'm I'm feeling pretty good about 2019, especially from the, uh, the tattoo department. I'm looking at getting some fresh ink in 2019. I've asked for nothing but tattoo gift certificates for Christmas. And I know that everybody has, has, has uh, abided by those wishes. So I've got a bunch of tattoo gift certificates coming my way that I'm going to utilize as soon as we get back from Jamaica in February. <clears throat> and uh, I also won a raffle with uh, Mark Tomac, a uh, phenomenal tattoo artist out of Florida, uh, who was up here in the Joliet area. For those of you finding me for the first time, I'm in the southwest suburbs of Chicago. I'm in a town called Shanahan. And uh, Mark is originally from Joliet, which is right next to us. Some of you that are not from the Chicagoland area may know Joliet from the Blues Brothers. But regardless, uh, Mark was doing a good thing, helping out the uh, Boys and Girls Club of Joliet. They were selling $20 raffle tickets to win a $500 tattoo. I bought a couple of tickets. I won. So uh, Mark's making plans to come up here in January. So it looks like I'm going to be able to get some fresh ink hopefully in January. And then uh, late February, early March. So, uh, yeah, 2019, the year of the tattoo. Kind of digging that. Kind of digging that. Um, like I said, I got Mark Tomac's going to do the one piece. And then I'm going to go see, uh, for those of you in the southwest suburbs, I'm going to go see Chad Blankenship over at the Constable Tattoo Parlor in uh, Plainfield. I've been researching local tattoo artists' work. And Chad's stuff just stands out. Go find the Constable Tattoo Parlor online and take a look. They've got pictures from all of their artists. All of the artists look great. Chad looks like he's 
off the charts next level. So I'm really looking forward to sitting in the chair with Chad. And if I was a concert goer, I would go show off my fresh ink at some of the concerts that were going on in 2019. My concert days are behind me. I went to a lot of shows, uh, a lot of different types types of acts. I, I just now, I just like listening to my music, kicking back, chilling, and listening. But 2019 is shaping up to be one hell of a concert year for you concert goers. Just listen to a couple of the big ass acts that are going to be playing in 2019. Of course, you've got the Dead and Company with their summer tour dates that have already come out. They're playing Wrigley Field this year. That's amazing. You have Queen going on tour with Adam, Adam Lambert. Elton John is giving his farewell tour 2019. Paul McCartney's on tour in 2019. The Rolling Stones are on tour in 2019. And Hootie and the Blowfish are making a comeback with opening acts Bare Naked Ladies. That, I mean, right there. And you know there's a, a, an ass load more concert tours that are going on. That is some major talent right there. Major. The Stones, Paul McCartney, Elton John, Queen, The Dead. Come on. There are generations of great music being played this year. Get yourself some concert tickets in 2019. Go get yourself some fresh ink down there, your local tattoo parlor, and then get yourself some concert tickets. Go show off your fresh ink at some of these kick-ass concerts. If you're an Elton John fan, Elton John, Elton John fan, this is going to be the last chance you're going to get to see him. So, just take a look at some of the concerts going around in 2019. It's very, very cool stuff. And as cool as all of that is, the fresh ink, the concerts, I do have to uh, do a little bitch session. Forgive me, but it's rant time for a moment. I was put in a 24-hour Facebook jail again. Let me explain what happened here. I've been put in Facebook jail for posting too much, for posting too rapidly. Um, I was put in Facebook jail one time for quoting somebody else and using a word that shouldn't have been used while trying to show how bad they were. This time takes the cake, though. I got put in Facebook jail for 24 hours. This time I wasn't allowed to comment on anything. I wasn't allowed to post anything for a period of 24 hours because I posted a meme. And the meme, they said, went against Facebook community standards. And here's what the meme is. The meme, the, the, the wording on the meme said something to the effect of how I feel when I find out I'm on nanny, Santa's naughty list. And then the image was a picture from about the belly button up of a heavy set, topless man wearing a Santa's hat and pinching his own nipples. I know. That's it. You can't believe I got thrown in jail for that run, right? Neither can I. And here's the kicker to the whole damn thing I found the meme on another Facebook page. I captured it from another Facebook page. If you follow me on, on Facebook, most of the, I, I, my Facebook company page, the, the Powell Entertainment Company, is mainly just me posting a bunch of funny shit I found online. I throw in some stuff about my book. Every Friday I throw out stuff about my podcast. I throw out some pictures of my family every now and again. I'll be doing some pictures from, from Jamaica in February. I threw out some pictures on, when we went away to the, to the water park back in August. But basically, it's just funny stuff that I find. <clears throat> All of that is found on Facebook. I'd say 1% of that is found on Twitter. 1% of that is found on Instagram. And the rest is found on Facebook. So if I'm getting thrown in Facebook jail for something I posted on my Facebook page, there is an almost certain chance that I already found it on Facebook. So, once again, as with Larry Bird, I don't think that anybody from Facebook is actually listening to this, but I'm going to tag you in Instagram, I'm going to tag you in Twitter, and obviously I'm going to post it on Facebook. So if anybody does happen to listen to this from Facebook, do us all a favor. Get your heads out of your asses. How are you going to throw somebody in a Facebook jail and ban them from posting? For posting something 
that they found on your site. It's the dumbest thing I've ever... It, it's, it's right up there with some of the stupid stuff that, you know, like banning baby, it's cold outside. Just stop. Facebook, figure your shit out and get back to us. It, anyway. You, you know what I'd love to see? I would love to see somebody that lives near the Facebook headquarters build a sculpture in their front yard of a giant middle finger and aim it towards the Facebook headquarters for me. If you could do that, do that, take some pictures, send it to me. I would, I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, I say that because that's actually something that happened this week. There's this guy, Ted Pelkey, in Westford, Virginia. He was having a run-in with the village over trying to do some development to his land. They were stopping him to do so. So this dude drops four grand. Four grand to have a sculpture of a middle finger built in his front yard. The village come by and said, hey, you got to take that down. He said, uh, no, I don't. Per your ordinance, that's, uh, that's considered a, quote, work of art, unquote. And it doesn't have to go anywhere. And he was right. So this dude now has a gigantic $4,000 middle finger in his front yard as a message to the village. I wish Ted lived by Facebook so he could send that middle finger for me. That's a way to go, Ted. I mean, hey, listen, you got to come home to a giant middle finger in your yard, but sometimes sending a message is, uh, is important. And to anybody at Harvard this morning, do another middle finger for me. We're just doing a whole bunch of middle fingers right off the bat here. Somebody at Harvard find this professor that was talking about the serving sizes of French fries and give him a middle finger. Did you guys see this one this week? This guy obviously has a problem with potatoes. Calls them starch bombs, says we shouldn't be eating potatoes. But if we're going to eat potatoes, especially in the form of French fries, he is giving us what is the acceptable and appropriate serving size of French fries. And he, he says that the acceptable, appropriate serving of French fries is six. No, not six orders. Six fries. Individual French fries. Pitch, please. I take six at a time. Now listen, I'm not a big McDonald's eater, and I, I don't even eat that much fast food anymore. I was the fast food king for a long time. You go to McDonald's, they put the order in the bag, you put it on the, on the passenger seat, you're driving along, that smell hits you, what do you do? You reach into the bag, you tax the fries. How many of you have reached into the bag and pulled out a fry? I, I don't think, I'm 46 years old, I'm going to be 47 in May. I don't think I've ever done that. A fry? No, it's always a bunch of fries. Always. If you're go Listen, if you're going in while driving, you're obviously taking food back. So there's maybe somebody waiting for you on the back end. You've got to eat those fries quickly. So you're not doing it one at a time. You're... When I reach into an order of fries, I'm like the claw machine where you're, you're picking up prizes and dropping them in the hole. I'm just six fries? And you're a professor. Really? Remind me not to send my children to Harvard. I'm just saying. How are you going to look at people and tell them to take six fries with a straight face? You, you just can't. It's not, that's not what happens. It's just not, what are you going to do? You're going to tell me that I should take one Pringles chip at a time? Because that's not going to happen. What do you do when you open the Pringles? You pop that thing open, you tip it upside down, you take out a chunk. What I, what I typically do is I let it hit the palm, and then I run the middle finger and the thumb up both sides, and as far up as that goes, that's the portion I take out and set down. And then you're taking two to three off the top of there at a time. You're not going in for six fries. 
so, I can't. I can't even fit that into my head. Can't even fit it into my head. But speaking of French fries, Burger King and McDonald's. I, you guys may have seen this one this week. Burger King is throwing some major shade at McDonald's. Uh, they, everybody has an app these days. And, uh, well, except me. Who knows? Maybe one will be coming. <clears throat> Burger King's app now does uh, GPS locating to uh, see where its users are. And if it recognizes your phone as being in a McDonald's, it will send you a coupon offer, a coupon, a coupon offer, for a one-penny Whopper. You redeem it, and then it sends you directions to your nearest Burger King. That is some major shade, ladies and gentlemen. That, that's, that's awesome. Oh, you're at our competitor? Boom. Let me give you the deal of the day for you. And here's directions to our place. <clears throat> I, I find that awesome. That is some major, major shame. Hats off to you, Burger King. Sorry about it, McDonald's, but that's just, they did it right. They did it right. Throwing shade. Almost throwing as much shade as Payless shoes. I got it. I got I to gotta pause for a minute because I got to wipe my eyes. I got to sit back here. I'm gonna, I got to light a cigarette. Th- this Payless Shoes story out of California, in Santa Monica, California, is, is the epitome of what's wrong with, uh, with our country. So Payless Shoes takes over <clears throat> an old abandoned building. It was an old Armani building in Santa Monica, California. And they set up a fake luxury shoe store. They gave it the name Paylessi. P-A-Y-L-E-S-S-I. I shit you not. They did it all up looking to look like a high-end shoe store. And then they put their shoes in there. Displayed as they would be in a high-end shoe store. And then they invited a bunch of what people are call, people call fashion influencers. These are people that I don't, for some reason, people take advice from on, on, on like Instagram and Twitter and Facebook on, on what to wear. Uh, they invited a bunch of these people to come see their the newest high-end fashion shoe store in Santa Monica. And they had shoes in there that ranged from $20 to $40 a piece. But these quote-unquote influencers who just had to be trendy, who just had to have the latest thing, without even knowing what the hell they were doing, they were spending 200 400 in some cases $600 for a pair of $40 shoes because it looked a certain way in the store, because the store marketed itself a certain way. The same shoes they could have went down to an actual Payless store and purchased for $40. At, that, should, that story should tell you, A, that these fashion influencers don't know what the hell they're talking about. And B, you shouldn't be taking fashion advice from anybody on, online. If you're, if you're dumb enough to be able to be duped by Payless Shoes into buying a $40 pair of shoes for $600, then nothing you have to say to me is worth anything. And the article said that eventually Payless let them all in on the joke and then let them keep the shoes. Like those people give a damn about those shoes. They gave a damn about being seen. They're, hence the reason why it's what's wrong with America. It's the Kardashian mentality of the United States. The Paris Hilton of the, of the world. That you have, you have to be trendy. You have to keep up with the Joneses. It was one of the things that made me an outcast as a kid is I never had the, had the need to keep up with the Joneses. I had some people in my family that did. had some friends that did. But this, this is just stupidity. Just to be seen in the latest fashion store, just to say that you got the latest fashion, 
you're willing to drop $600 on a pair of shoes that actually cost $40 because you're too stupid to do your homework. But it's what society gives us. That is what society gives us on a day-to-day basis. I Take a look at a kid that, uh, and this wasn't even in my notes, but it, it reminded me. Did you guys see the one about the, uh, the story about the, uh, the, the teenager that was screaming and dropping F-bombs at her grandfather over an Apple appointment in the food court at the mall? Somebody captured it on, on, on a cell phone. There's a grandpa standing there holding the granddaughter's coat and bags. The granddaughter's not even looking at him. They're in line at a, at somewhere to get food. There's a lot of people in line. The granddaughter's a tad angry. She's a bit angry. She's an angry elf. And she goes full Veruca Salt on the grandpa. She's just yelling at him about the Apple appointment being screwed up and the line being too long and she's dropping F-bombs and she's not even looking at him. She's down on her phone while she's doing it. And the grandpa's just remaining calm and talking to her. And he finally hands her his credit card to be able to get the food that they're standing in line for. And he goes off to Apple to sort out the problem. Uh, no. 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 Let me just tell you something. <clears throat> so much motherfucking no. Okay? First things first, eat a Snickers, Susan. That's the first thing you need to do. And the second thing that needs to happen... Now, <clears throat> I'm going to give you just... Uh, for those of you that don't know anything about me, uh, a bit of information as to, as to my mentality on something that I'm about to say. Those of you who already know me know what I'm talking about. I was beaten as a child. I, I wasn't spanked. I was beaten. Beaten. So I don't hit my kids. I have once in a blue moon when they've gotten older given them a one-time what are you nuts attention getter upside the back of the head. Okay? This girl, she would have gotten one. Um, it's extraordinarily possible that the reason I don't beat my kids is a combination of the fact that I was beaten as a child. Sorry to go dark on you, but it just, I wanted to, to emphasize this story. But it's also partly because my kids, for the most part, listen, listen, my kids are not perfect. Not even close. But one thing I can tell you about my kids is that they have learned from a very early age how to act in public, and how to act around other people. Especially when they're at their friends' houses and interacting with their friends' parents when we are not involved. As kids do, they grow older and they start doing things at friends' houses more often. So we've had friends here and our our kids have been over at their friends' houses. We have some steadfast rules around here. When you're in your friend's houses, you use your manners. We don't give a damn what your friend is doing and how your friend is talking to their parent. You use your manners. If you're having dinner at your friend's house, you get up and you clear your plate and you offer to do the same. You offer to do the dishes. You offer to put food away. You don't act like an asshole in your friend's houses. And that gets amped up to 12 when we are in public together. When you're in public alone, but when we're in public together for sure. You will not, not act like an asshole. We have taught our children that when you leave this house and you're interacting with the public, whether we're in your presence or or we're not, not only do you represent yourself, but you represent this family. Take the family part out of it for a moment. Representing yourself alone should make you not want to scream at your grandfather dropping F-bombs left and right like a spoiled bitch in the middle of the mall food court. But not only are you representing yourself, so you want to put your best self forward, you're representing this family. And you will represent it properly. You don't have to do everything we say, and you don't have to agree with everything we say, and you don't have to be on the same mindset on every issue as us, but you will act 
accordingly in public, and our children have done so. Had my child done that, I would have biffed her in public. No lie. I would have... Everybody in that food court, including the woman recording, would have seen my child get a biff upside the back of the head, her phone knocked out of her hand, and me standing about an inch from her nose asking her if she had lost her goddamn mind. Are you new? Uh Uh-uh. That's what society has given us. Spoiled-ass brats like that. And here's what I don't understand. You got assholes like that running around, screaming at their grandfather, dropping the F-bomb, demanding he go deal with your problems over an Apple appointment that she's probably not even paying for the damn phone. But yet you got football players that are getting suspended for voluntarily participating in stupid rituals. That came out of Illinois. That's my state. Byron, Illinois. These football players got a three-game suspension for participating in something called the Oreo run. And it wasn't hazing. It was done voluntarily. It's where the football players are all, you know, kind of hyping each other up at a, at a, like a, at like a pep rally kind of thing for the players only. And uh, some of the noobs on the team, they, uh, they participated in this thing where you, you get naked and you run across the football field with an Oreo in your butt and you drop it in the other end zone. They got a three-game suspension. Let me tell you something. I played on the football team my freshman year. And as a rook, as a, as a noob, as what we called them greenies, as a greenie, I did what's called the bare butt 500 at our big bonfire. That's where the, uh, the seniors take us, and they spray paint our hair green, because we're the greenhorns, the greenies, the noobs. And you drop trowel, and you got to run the length of the football field with the bonfire going. Harmless. No physical harm being caused. Did it voluntarily. Wasn't forced to do anything. Same thing with these kids. They got a three-game suspension. So we got idiots running around the mall, dropping F-bombs at their grandfather in public, in a line at Like, everybody's looking at her. These guys do this and they get a three-game suspension. Society is ba- ass backwards. And oh, by the way, the last game of the three-game suspension, I just felt I should mention this, that happened to be the championship here in Illinois. That team lost to Monticello 24-20. to Now, would those three players have made a difference? We don't know. They didn't get the chance. Not only did they not get the chance, but they're never going to have the chance because the school took it from them over something harmless. It's gone forever. Certain things that you can't ever get back. You can't go back in time and do them over again. You can't, you know, there are no second first impressions. They can never play in that championship game again. They can't go back and redo it. Congratulations, Byron, Illinois. Dumbasses of the day. Dumbasses of the day. Let me tell you something. I'll take kids in my town doing the Oreo run over getting shanked for complaining about a fart any day. And you're like, what the hell kind of segue is that? Well, it's Florida. It's a story out of Florida. I do one almost every week because Florida is the entertainment capital of the world. They just keep giving us shit that is absolutely amazing. This one comes to us out of Broward County, Florida. There's a woman, uh, Sunita Yvette Wilson, was uh, standing in line at the Dollar General in Broward County, and she f- was farting. There was a man behind her by the name of John Walker who complained about her farting. Shanita proceeded to pull out a knife and say that she would, quote, gut him. Hot? Dude complained about a fart and you're going to gut him. Oh, Florida. How much I love the stories that come out of Florida. It, it is just astonishing to me the treasure trove of insanity that Florida gives us. 
on a day-in and day-out basis. America's Cousin Eddie, Florida. Dude almost got shanked in a Dollar General for complaining that the woman in front of him at lying in the line was farting. That is... That can only happen in Florida. It is unbelievable. Florida just keeps giving it to us. They shank them. My God. Just think about all of those stories so far this week. Getting shanked in a Dollar General for complaining about farting. Kids getting suspended for doing the Oreo run. That bratty-ass teen dropping F-bombs and screaming at her grandfather. The Paylessy shoes. The dropping shit. Society has gone nuts. Six french fries. So I got a solution to everybody's problems. Since it's that time of year. Everybody needs to take a night. Chill out. And watch some Christmas movies. It's that time of year. You've got Christmas movies being played on almost... Every night on some channel, there's a new Christmas movie. There's tons of them on demand. If you're still doing the rental route, go to your rental store and rent one. Just chill out and watch a Christmas movie. Everybody's got their favorite. It'll put you in a better mood. Maybe you won't shank a motherfucker. I'm just saying. And there's some damn good ones out there. Damn good. Elf, Christmas Vacation, Elf's hilarious, okay, next level hilarious, Christmas Vacation, right up there with them, one that a lot of people don't necessarily talk about because it's a little bit more raunchy, Bad Santa, good, come on, good flick, funny, make you laugh, put you in a much better, put you, Bad Santa will put you in a non-shanking mood, you know, Four Christmases. If you don't laugh during four Christmases, you're dead inside. Absolutely dead inside. It's hilarious. Mistletoe. Mistletoe. It's absolutely hilarious. Fred Claus, another great one. Obviously, you've got the classics that are on TV every year. The Grinch, Rudolph, the animated versions. All-time classics. Another one that doesn't get talked about a lot, but is a damn good movie. Scrooged with Bill Murray. Damn good movie. Pick any one of those. I don't. Maybe one of those is your favorite. Maybe you go with one of the, the non-traditionals, right? What, I, what do I mean by non-traditionals? These are those movies that are... <clears throat> they're done around Christmas time, so there's a debate as to whether or not they're a Christmas movie because they were, they were set around Christmas time, but it's not about Christmas. Excuse me for a moment. <clears throat> But people have a, a debate as to whether or not they're actually Christmas movies. you got Die Hard, both one and two. People always forget about number two. Uh, Batman Returns was done at Christmas time. Gremlins, Lethal Weapon, Trading Places. All of these were done around Christmas time. So there's a debate as to whether or not they're a Christmas movie. I mean, to me, a Christmas movie should be about Christmas. The Santa Claus, Christmas Vacation, Elf. But I would, I would have no problem if you included any of those movies that are in the controversial list as a Christmas movie. They just wouldn't make their way up to the top of my list. I'm sure some of you have, have heard your, your favorite Christmas movie so far be, be mentioned. I know a lot of people, Christmas Vacation is, is it for them. For me, for my money, the single greatest Christmas movie ever made was A Christmas Story. <clears throat> for multiple different reasons, obviously it's funny. Uh, the, the narration of, of that movie was absolutely perfect. And 
there were a lot of aspects of it that reminded me of some of the better times of my childhood. The house reminded me of it. How poor the family was reminded me of it. The manner in which they did Christmas reminded me of it. Um, it it's just the perfect Christmas movie. The absolute, per, you know, the kid that just wants that one Christmas present and is trying to do everything he can to get that one Christmas present. The family that's obviously not caving one bit to that Christmas present. The weird family. The dirt poor house. It just, all of it. It just, it, it is Christmas perfection. Think of how many things that were in a Christmas movie that are part of your lexicon now. That are part of day-to-day conversation that go beyond Christmas. How many times is somebody randomly in your office, your, your job site, your family, you just said the word fragile? It just, everything about that movie is absolutely perfect. And there is absolutely no way you come out of watching a Christmas story still in a bad mood. Okay? I, you're never going to want to shank somebody at the Dollar General if you just got through watching a Christmas story. Obviously, everybody's got their own favorites. Christmas Story is the best, though. So if Christmas Story is not number one on your list, just please know that you're wrong. And you need to rewatch Christmas Story. <clears throat> so many parts of that, like I said, when it comes, to, when I look at my childhood, which, once again, anybody that knows me knows that I had a very uh, bad early childhood and uh, not, a, not a very happy one. But Christmas time <clears throat> was the best. But just the aspects of that movie. Uh, the kid opening the window on Christmas morning to see the fresh snow. And it being a second floor window, the old wood window with the paint scraping off of it, and no screen in the window, that was our window. Okay, We could have easily fallen out of the second story window at any given point in time in the early, 70, early to mid-70s growing up in North Lake, Illinois. We didn't have screens in our windows. You open up the window and, you know, nature came in. And yes, there is no better snow than a Christmas snow. Waking up Christmas morning to see a thick, fresh layer of snow is the absolute best Topping only, by the way, a snow on Christmas night. After the presents have been unwrapped, the house has been destroyed, the meal has been eaten, the guests have gone home, the kids are in bed, you've got the lights off, the tree on, and a steady snowfall out the window. Yeah, perfection. Absolute perfection. We had the neighbors like that that didn't give a shit about your property. We had the old beat-up, run-down house where everything was wrong. And every light was on in the house at any given point in time. My brother and I shared a bedroom. There were two beds in the room. We shared a dresser. Uh, We had a little two-bedroom house. You got to the top of the stairs. There was a bedroom to the left, a bedroom to the right, a bathroom straight ahead. There was one small hallway. That was it. Sticking your nose against the department store window to see all of the new toys that were out. Did it. Now... That story was set a little bit before my time, 20 years before my time. So I didn't have the same kind of schoolhouse that they had. I had a little bit more modern school. Uh, But same kind of principles apply. 
I want you to write a theme. Oh, God, I hated themes. Hated them. Mom always making dinner. Now, we didn't have the, the whole family unit, so we weren't sitting down to dinner with the whole family unit. This came from a broken family, but... Uh, yeah. And, and, and once again, my mom couldn't cook worth a shit. But, yeah, always making dinner. There was never... You know, we were not... Hey, let's order pizza. No. There's no money to order pizza. You know? The turkey... When we, uh, we would go to my, uh, we would go to my aunt's house and have a big turkey meal on both Thanksgiving and on Christmas. And yes, the, the smell of turkey hanging in the house, not getting out of your pajamas all day. Just shredding Christmas presents open. I don't know how you guys did it, but in my house, um... There were presents that found their way under the tree as the month of December progressed. Wrapped presents that as my parents bought them, they got wrapped and they found their way under the tree. So there were, there were always, it wasn't just you know, one night they all showed up. It was, a, it was progression of, of, of gift buildup. So that's why I like putting gifts under the tree early. It, it just completes the look. So in my living room currently, there are just ass load of presents under the tree for the whole family across the spectrum. And then on Christmas Eve, obviously, Santa comes. And uh, Santa wraps my children's presents. But my, my presents from Santa were not wrapped. They were just, the toys were just left out in front of the, the Christmas tree. So when you came racing down the stairs on Christmas morning, much like Ralphie and his brother, and you saw the cornucopia of gifts that were under the tree, it was magic, absolute magic. That is what a Christmas story brings back for me. It's just... The absolutely perfect Christmas movie. Like I said, most of the people that I know think that uh, Christmas Vacation is, is, is the best Christmas movie. And I can see why you can make an argument for that. It's a funny-ass movie. If I woke up tomorrow morning with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. A damn funny movie. Start to finish. Elf, Four Christmases, all of them. Hilarious. Four Christmases, it gets me every time. If I'm flipping through the TV and Four Christmases is on, boom, I stop. I fed her, I put a roof over her head, and I never lied to her face. I spoiled her is what I did. That movie is hilarious. Absolutely Hilarious. But it's not the best Christmas movie. The best Christmas movie is A Christmas Story. You'll shoot your eye out. Hands down, the greatest Christmas movie ever made. And I think what everybody needs to do is go watch some Christmas movies. You can start to feel the holiday tension seeping into society. You know that tension. We are we are days away from Christmas. Some of you people haven't even begun to shop. I am happy to announce that the only two people that are left to be done on our list is my wife and my son. My daughters are done, all the cousins are done, all the in-laws are done, the out-of-state people are done. It's all done but my wife and my son, and I'll have those taken care of in short order. Not only done, but wrapped and under the tree. I don't know if you've noticed this about me or not, but uh, I live for Christmas. Absolutely live for Christmas. In the world of annual 
major holidays, Christmas reigns supreme. As Ralphie said, it's the date on the calendar in which the entire kid kingdom revolves. It's not your birthday. There's some, there's some days that were great days that you had back in the day. Your birthday was a big one. Fourth of July when you got to go see fireworks was a big one. The Easter Bunny leaving you a basket was a big one. Not, not like Christmas. Christmas is the king. And therefore, Christmas movies get moved right up to the top of the list when it comes to some of the favorite movies of all time. And A Christmas Story reigns supreme. So everybody, I said at the beginning of this show that you're a grown person with a job and a bank account, so go get yourself some margaritas. Eh, After you've had a couple of margaritas and you've eaten yourself some dinner, go home. Flick the Christmas tree lights on. Turn the rest of the lights off. Get that soft glow of the Christmas tree. Nestle into your favorite chair. Turn on your favorite Christmas movie. It's Friday night. Turn on your favorite Christmas movie and enjoy a Christmas movie. Whatever one that happens to be for you. And just calm down. You cannot be amped after you get done watching a really good Christmas movie. I mean, maybe if you're watching Krampus. But, you know, if you, if you take this advice and you find yourself at, at, at 8 o'clock tonight flipping on Krampus, you've probably got some deeper issues. I'm talking about, you know, a, a, a lighthearted Christmas movie. Go watch Fred Claus. Another, it's a great one as well. But just watch some Christmas movies, okay? Tis the season. Start getting yourself into that mood. I mean, granted, I don't have to get myself into the mood. I'm into that mood, as I have said in past podcasts, about 9 p.m. on October 31st, Christmas mood. All right? It just I turn into Carlton as... <laughs> Doing the Christmas dance with the sweater on. On Halloween night. Yeah, I'm taking Halloween decorations down that night. Because it's Christmas time up in this bitch. So I, I've, I've been in the mood all of November. And now that it's December, it's taking it up a notch. A lot of you people aren't there yet. This is the way to get there. Seriously. So I'm going to say it again. Friday night. You can do this. Turn off all the lights in the house, except for the Christmas tree. It's going to be cold tonight. If you got a fireplace, get a fire going. Seriously, get a, get a fire going. Get yourself a nice blanket. Get on the couch with your significant other, whatever. You guys like different seats in the living room? Get yourself each blankets. Crank the heat up a little bit. It's going to be cold as hell outside. And put on a good Christmas movie. Now, it would be better if it was snowing. It's not. we got to deal with what we got to deal with. Go watch yourself a good Christmas movie. Get yourself in the mood. It's Christmas time. Okay? We're going to be talking a lot about Christmas over the upcoming episodes. There are only... There's, i got next week's episode. And then I do the Christmas episode because... On the 21st, it'll be the last podcast before Christmas. The following episode will be about New Year's on the 28th. So this is it. We're kind of all out of later here, folks. We got a couple of weeks until Christmas. You got to get in the mood. Get, listen to some Christmas songs. Now that can be that can be a little bit tricky with the Christmas songs. Because you find yourself in the car on the way to work trying to get yourself in the mood and you're listening to some Christmas music. But... You're stuck in traffic. You got smog blowing in your face. They kind of clash. At home, watching a Christmas movie, you can set the tone. Like I said, you set the lighting. You set all of that mood. And then, boom, you just handle it. Get yourself into a mood. That is your homework, ladies and gentlemen, is to go get yourself in the mood. 
And if you want to get yourself in the mood in the best possible way, you watch a Christmas story. You watch Ralphie and his dream come true on Christmas morning after realizing it wasn't going to come true all the way leading up to Christmas morning. And let me tell you something on a side note. That's the best. That is the absolute... If you have a child that really, 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 really wants this one certain gift, and you in your mind are like, yeah, we could do that, but you don't want to let them know that... You, you want to be like, absolutely not, I'm not doing that. Get them that gift. Don't put it under the tree. Hide it. Make it the last thing they see. There is no better feeling as a kid than just aching your heart out for that one gift. Realizing you didn't get that gift. And then having it sprung on you at the last minute. That is just That just makes a kid's entire year right there. So if you have the ability, we've done that a few times with our kids on a few different items that they were like, whoa, yes, wanted that. <clears throat> if you have the ability to do that, if you have the ability to do what Ralphie's parents did for him in A Christmas Story, do that. That is what you're supposed to be doing this time of year. Make that happen. It's not an every week thing. I'm not telling you to make create one of those kids that goes off and yells at their grandparents in line at the mall by spoiling them rotten and giving them everything. It's Christmas. Do it now. My number one budgetary goal is to get to the point in life where we're not budgeting for Christmas anymore. There's nothing I would love more than to be able to just go ape shit at Christmas. We were like, well, isn't that a bit much, you know, you're, you know, materialist. Yeah, I don't like the materialistic aspects of it either. And I don't do it for materialistic reasons. I do it because I like that response on Christmas. Because I remember what it was like the few times I did get that one cool gift that I was waiting for. It, it made my whole year. It was the one time of the year when my parents weren't fighting. When I wasn't catching some hands from my mom. And we acted like a family. Probably a pretty good reason why I like it so much. It's that, that one day of the year that I can go back to. And, and you say, okay, 74, 75, 1976, 19... Every year, that day was the best day of the year. Because everybody just stopped the bullshit and just celebrated Christmas. And for us, it was never a religious thing. It was just Christmas. So do that for your kids. But in order to do that, in order to find yourself mentally out there doing that for your kids and your family, you got to get yourself in the right mood set. And that's why I wanted to talk about the Christmas movies. That's, that'll help you put you in a mood set, in a mindset. A mood set? Mindset? Bitch, you know what I'm saying. It'll help get your brain right. Watch yourself some Christmas movies, put yourself in the mood, and buy that amazing Christmas present for your kid that they've been aching and pining for. Put it away and make their whole year. The teens, eh. Less so. I'm talking about the little kids. The little kids. Listen, I'm 47 years old, and I still get down on my stomach and lay down in front of the Christmas tree with my sons and my, my son and my daughters and, 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 and start going through presents. And pull, oh, this one's for me. Oh, check it. What do you, shake this one. What do you think this one is? If you don't do that, I feel sorry for you. Very few things better than getting down in front of all those presents under the tree and getting down there and seeing which one's for who and watching the kid's eyes light up as he pulls out another one that's got his name on it. 
or watching my daughter hold one and go, what is this? Oh, I can't wait. To, I got to open this one. And then it, like, it owns her brain for the next couple of weeks. And then, boom, it all comes to fruition on Christmas. Come on, people. It's that time of year. Even you Christmas haters out there, get into it. Go watch a Christmas movie. Buy the present. Make Christmas happen. Get into the mood. All right? God damn it. I'm sick of telling you this. All right, folks. That's all I got for you this week. I'll be back next week with another random episode. Uh, we'll figure out some Christmas topics above and beyond the Christmas movies here that we will talk about <clears throat> on the episode the Friday before Christmas. So in the meantime, enjoy a little bit of the Friday song, and I will see you next week.